Christmas is all about? George Bailey, I'll love you till the day I die. Dad, that thing wouldn't fit in our yard. Not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. The lobster? Yeah! In the nativity play? Yeah, first lobster. There was more than one lobster present at the birth of Jesus. Duh. I intend to prove that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus. He's crazy too. Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Welcome to the Betterman Film Club. Uh, I am Nick Flora, and I'm joined, as always, by Dave Gregory. He's right here. Say hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. There you go. You never let me down with that one. Never will. Um, this, this is the podcast. We'll see. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast where Dave and I use the lens of film to dissect, explore, and challenge the messaging and social conditioning that men have received in the last century, both the positive and the problematic, all in hopes to be, well, better. Well, I like it. We're mixing uh, it up. We're mixing it up. Well, I, I think my original cop- copy of this, it said well instead of uh, but like, oh. we're going to mix it up. Us like and Wells, they serve the same purpose. That's true. Dave, I have a question for you. Go on. I, I honestly, I've been wanting to ask you if you had a question for me. Because I do feel it. Do you feel it? That's it. This is the oh, holiday. That was the question. The question I thought you is, meant, do you could feel I feel it? that you had a question? <laughs> Dave, I know you really well, but I don't really know the answer to this question. Do you, are you a holiday season person? Do you enjoy the Christmas? Do you enjoy the, I know you love New Year's, New Year's Eve. I do love New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah, I enjoy the holiday season. I don't know that I would say I enjoy Christmas specifically, yeah. um, but I enjoy this whole. Not that I don't enjoy Christmas, but I don't know. It's like a lot of like a lot of family holidays. It's tied to mm. a lot of stuff that I am just now in my mid thirties realizing I can completely avoid. Um, <laughs> and yeah. so, but I love the holiday season. I love I love walking around the mall during the season and listening to the music and looking at the trees. We have a really nice. Uh, private mall here in Dallas, not like not open to the public, but like privately owned. Mm. So there's no kiosks in it. They have like Ooh. art and things like that. So when you walk around, there's no one going like, hey, let me straighten your hair mm-hmm. or like, you know what I mean? Um, excuse me, man. So, excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. So we love to walk around that and just listen to the music and look at uh, the lights and all that stuff. So, yeah, I definitely love the holiday season. What about you? Yeah, I go back and forth on it. I, I was a huge fan growing up. And then like, I don't, I think also in my, when <laughs> it's perfect for this, this film we're going to discuss today, because when my family situation got, got complicated as I got older and started realizing a lot of my issues with, with like, you know, your mom issues and your dad issues. And just in general, I, I stopped liking it because it became more full of like, you know, just, uh, it just wasn't fun. It just isn't. Yeah. So I've, I've always enjoyed the one staple. Cause I went through a series of like hating, Christmas music for a while and I'm back to liking it um, overall. Like I don't get annoyed by it, Uh, but I I entered into this like late twenties where like the holidays made me sad. And I only wrote, I only wrote Christmas songs that were like 
purposely sad. My my favorite Christmas songs are still sad. Um, Me too. And we were talking about this. It's funny this weekend or this past week you were in town for Thanksgiving and we were talking about a couple different artists and one that you don't resonate with as much as me because they're kind of a sad songwriter artist. I am yeah. a sad boy. I love being sad. You do. Uh, I like. I embrace that and I think that's why I love this season like the air starts to get colder in mm -hmm. texas we this is the only other season we get it's hot and then it's winter yeah um and so it's like okay the air starts to get colder seasonal depression starts to set in and there's a little part of me that goes like hey watch out for that don't get sucked into it and the other part of me goes like "Ooh, <laughs> seasonal depression and just pulls it over myself like a warm blanket yeah. and snuggles up like yeah all right i'll be a sad boy until uh march which is um, so interesting i mean it shouldn't be because there's a long history of like you know, like Adele is like a very chipper, upbeat mm. person, but she sings all these deep, sad songs like you. You are a very like if you talk to you, you're a very like positive, excited person. Yeah. But you're like a secret sad boy. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it secret, but it is. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that it's not at the very least like it's not like, oh, great. Like, I want to be more of a uh, socially more of a thermometer and less of a thermostat. You know what I mean? Like where it's not so much of like, like, hey, I can be sad and also take uh uh, inventory of the room and contribute to the overall posy vibes going on instead yeah. of being like, hey, I'm sad. So every all of you will Everybody be, you else should be sad. Yeah, you're not an Enneagram four. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm a, I'm gonna get a lot of texts this week, Nick. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, I know what I said. I'll say it again. Um yeah it's it's so interesting. Once I got out of that, honestly once I had a kid Christmas became kind of magic again, which I, which makes perfect sense. I think it's totally pretty basic. But honestly it helped me um, kind of reclaim a lot of stuff where I was like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna like kind of what we talked about with Thanksgiving. Like, it doesn't have to be surrounded. Totally. Like, if you focus on your friends and you focus on like reflective gratitude and stuff like that, there really is a way to kind of reclaim that. But I will say the one constant that even in my sad Christmas days that never went away is I fucking love Christmas movies. <laughs> like, oh I really, yeah, I I love them all. Like, I have like the series of like seven to ten that I have to watch. Yeah, that make me feel like Christmas. And of course, and the movie we're talking about today, Family Stone, is definitely at the top of that list. Yeah, hundred percent. That's definitely one of them for me too. What are your What are your some of your go to Christmas movies? Like, whether it's nostalgic or or mo more recent. Like this one is like. I mean, this isn't a childhood movie. This movie came out in 05, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a senior in high school. It still feels very nostalgic to me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. In that vein, um, Elf is one that I think is one of those that was like an instant classic like yeah. that. That came out and it suddenly felt like I had had that movie. Right. Growing up like yeah. oh, and I think that Christmas is nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that is how the the whole season is marketed to you you know what i mean remember when you were a kid and you're mm -hmm. waiting for santa or you're you know you're whatever you listen to your parents fight over some hot chocolate or whatever it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah but like it's it's all packaged through nostalgia and so i think it's really hard for a new movie to break into that but elf totally. is one for me i was raised on it's a wonderful life me too um that's just uh that one's absolutely stunning i'm trying to think mm -hmm. of what others are big so there are others that i watch that now i take issue with um but they're still very watchable. I love Love Actually. Mm -hmm. And even though I watch that movie and I go like, this is a movie about a bunch of horrible people. I don't like how it ends. I don't yeah. like, I have so many issues with this movie as as a as an adult who's trying to become emotionally well-balanced. Yeah. Um, 
Seriously. But but I, every season, I'm like, oh, yeah, if it's on, like, absolutely, let's watch that. I know. That's wild. I have the same thing with Love Actually, where I'm like, none of these people need to be together. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but I do I do get wistful. Like, the only person I really like in that movie is Bill Nye, because I feel like he's the only one that tells the truth. Like, he's uh, the absolutely. One. <laughs> Bill Nye in every movie. And him and the, yeah. and the kid. The kid, the kid. Uh, yeah. who sings to the girl. That was great. Um, another one. Uh, oh, my gosh. I just lost it. Oh, this is. I wonder if. I just want to know if this was a staple for you. I grew up watching a Muppet Christmas Carol every yeah. single year. Was yeah. that a big one for you? Yes, absolutely. Man, Kate has, had never seen it. And one year I was like, oh my gosh, you have to. And we tried to put it on. And she was like, it's the only time she's ever turned to me and been like, seriously, please, can we not? Like, can we just like, <laughs> like we were like 20 minutes into it. And she was just like, this is, you like this? Um, and I get it because now we're in our thirties and I'm like, can we watch a Muppet Christmas Carol? Like that doesn't make, I don't think it would appeal to me now, but right. it's so if you watch it new now, but like that, that is the definitive Christmas Carol. I agree. I agree. And that's a, no other version. Yeah. And that is, that is a very bold statement, but I, every year I'm like, maybe it's not going to hold up this year. And I love it every year, every year. Like what other version of a Christmas Carol is there that holds a candle to it? Scrooge is its own thing. It is but not in the same vein. There are and some feel- older ones that, that are based on the play or whatever, the, the stage production or whatever, like with Patrick Stewart or whatever. I don't know. I, <laughs> they're not funny. I can yeah. tell you that. Doesn't yeah. have Rizzo the rat in it. Dude. Well, and the other thing is it was dark. Muppet Christmas Carol got mm-hmm. dork. Got dork. Got dork, yo. <laughs> I remember being like five years old and be like, man, this shit's dork. You know what I mean? Yeah. You said that in the theater. Yeah. You No, it came out in 92. There's no way you saw that in the theater. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. I was six, but I I doubt my parents were spending money on movie tickets for me at six. Yeah, probably not. They're like, this little. What are we, one percenters? Get out of here. (laughs) I I didn't go to the dentist until I was 12. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. We got you a dentist visit. Merry Christmas. You've got cavities. From all that candy that we gave yeah. you for Halloween. Um, <laughs> Halloween? Halloween. Which one do you say? Well, since I'm not Christopher Walken, I say Halloween. Halloween? <laughs> it's a Halloween. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me you're not Christopher Walken. Okay. No. This is new. <laughs> that, wow, that's pretty wow. good. I can it, do a really good one-word Christopher Walken impression. As soon as it's, I try to string together a yeah. sentence, it gets bad. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I uh, I went as Christopher Walken for Halloween one year and Halloween <laughs> and correct, yeah. and I uh, uh, all I did was print out a mask, wore a suit and then just <laughs> did that all night. I went, wow, your costumes. <laughs> great. I just did that. Can you guess who I am? Fatboy Slim's nice guy. Um, you know what I want to see? I want to see a Christmas Carol remake uh, a la kind of like uh this is the end type vibe like let's get seth rogan involved and i want a christopher walken scrooge yeah that's a great idea that would be great make that hollywood are you listening make it, make it. they're all up. listening they're all listening of course um this, this episode is going to be in variety on monday we're going to talk about holiday movies all december um so i'm sure this will come up again but like do you have movies that aren't technically christmas movies not like die hard but like that you they feel like christmas movies you know, or like mm. holiday movies you know what i mean i have two in mind what are yours um one of them is me. is little women and it's okay. only because it starts at christmas like the the winona Ryder one sure yeah um it starts the at definitive christmas one and for, yeah the definitive one and for some reason it feels like christmas to me even though the rest That's of the movie doesn't take place in christmas and then the, the other one is catch me if you can speaking of christopher walken huh. And I, there, Christmas that came plays, out on Christmas. I wouldn't be surprised. I think so. If it did. And it plays a role in it where, like, 
where Tom Hanks character and Leo's character, they, they meet every, they're, they're in person every year at Christmas throughout that movie. And so it feels like that's a big scene. And I don't know why the movie feels like Christmas to me, but uh, yeah, it came out at Christmas. Maybe that has part of it. I don't know. I do miss like the nineties and the early aughts had a streak where there were a lot of, and I guess it still happens somewhat, but I feel like a lot of the movies that come out on Christmas day are closely there. Oftentimes they are Christmas related lately. It feels like that. Maybe I'm making that up, but I just, I remember my cousins coming in from out of town and we would go see a Star Wars movie or a Jurassic yeah. movie or like there were always these crazy mm. big blockbusters coming out on Christmas Day. Um, and then that turned into when I was older, like trying to like me and my siblings trying to sneak out of the family gathering to go see a movie that night. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't think I have any. I will say, what what do you do? We want to settle the debate once and for all are is is uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas and Die Hard. Are those Christmas movies? I don't know. I've never seen either of them. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. That I really know. surprises me. I hate, I, I have lied to people and told people I have seen both of them throughout you're my safe. life. You're safe. You're safe. But I've never, shh, I just shh, haven't. Shh, oh, thank you so much. You're oh my safe. God. You're, you're covering me with your sad boy blanket. You're safe. Right you're safe. <laughs> Slowly, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sneaking a syringe up to your I neck do, right oh now my to God, put you out this, of your misery. Why does this feel shh, so good? You're safe. Close your eyes. <laughs> Is this eggnog you're inserting? I got him, guys. Okay. So I say that to say, I would be totally open to doing a Nick hasn't seen for either of those. We so, absolutely should. Are you, so what do you, what do you think on that? Die Hard is absolutely a Christmas movie. There's nothing. Okay. Like I, I'll, I'll, I'll die hard. You I'll die. Which you don't know what that means. You don't know I what it, don't you don't know. know die hard is a verb. Nope. Um, Cause you haven't seen the movie. Uh, I a hundred percent think die hard is I, um, I don't really, I like a nightmare before Christmas. I love stop motion. I love the guy who directed that. I can't think of his name now. It wasn't Tim Burton. He produced it, but it's the same guy that did Coraline and all those. I know everyone thinks that he directed it. I did Um, think it was Tim Burton. Yeah. A lot of people do, but, um, really, really good director. He's done a bunch of cool, weird stuff. He has a a tendency to make movies. Uh, Jordan Peele talked about this on armchair expert this past week, Mm -hmm. but, um, that director has a tendency to make movies that scare kids, uh, and I and I appreciate that because I do I think we shelter kids from a lot of that stuff. I think yeah. parents assume the kids are get scared, and then you talk to the kid, and like they're handling it fairly well. But like yeah. I loved I loved Nightmare Before Christmas. I loved Coraline. I almost said it was funny because when it came up on that, I was listening to Jordan Peele's episode last week, um, and he started talking through that and I was like, Oh man, I'd love to see Coraline. And then in my head, I was like, wait, does that take place over Christmas? Can I watch it? Like that felt in my head kind of holiday. Yeah. Kate doesn't like that movie. So I'll have to find that. That'll be like a, a midnight watch for me. Yeah, but, after, um, man. Yeah. His name is Henry Selleck. I just looked it up. Henry Selleck. And he also did James and the giant peach, which is a movie I loved as a kid too. <laughs> it's so weird and great. Yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. He did Monkey Bone, dude. Remember yep. Monkey Bone? Oh, absolutely. I remember mm-hmm. Monkey Bone. Uh, what's his name? Um, it was Chris Kattan, wasn't it? Chris Kattan, yeah. Chris Kattan's incredible performance. Chris Kattan and Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, yeah. Who's about to have his little renaissance. I'm excited about that. That, was, I'm, that sounded I'm reductive. Hoping, I'm hoping it ends with a sequel to Monkey Bone. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping like, it was a, a, a sequel to Encino Man. Oh, yeah, that's a good we we got to give Polly Shore something to do, you know. Yeah, get him off the streets. Get him off the streets. <laughs> Protect our daughters. Hey, buddy, we need to get him on here just to say, "Hey, buddy." The whistle. Um, but uh, yeah, so Family Stone is what we're talking about today. <laughs> I don't know. What are we doing? <laughs> this is a Halloween episode now. It's a Halloween um, episode. No, Family. This I will say. Uh, we talked about potentially like in in January uh, for season two doing like. Um, 
a whole like talking about cozy films and stuff like that and winter yeah. and some of that stuff and like this is one of those for me you mm-hmm. know what's so funny the number one cozy film on my list or one of the top ones i don't know if i should say it yet or not but is is one fine day we've talked yeah. about how much yeah. i love that film me too. Me too. and i was watching the family stone on hulu um and when it was about to end it was like up next one fine day like it just lumped them in together i was like good on you hulu yeah seriously yeah that's a that's definitely like that's the first one i think of too that era yeah. of like 94 to 96 yeah like the way new york looked in those movies mm-hmm. uh absolutely yeah like, these movies those movies feel like spiritual siblings you know that totally totally but yeah dude this was i will say this movie as well i'm sure you're gonna give us more info on it here in a second but peak sarah jessica parker yeah. peak luke wilson mm-hmm. peak rachel mcadams mm-hmm. peak claire danes like i defy you like for all of those actors i'm like this is when you say the name of those actors this is how i picture them is them in this era yeah no you're absolutely right also uh <laughs> i was gonna say peak dermot mulrooney um <laughs> yeah, no, i was just like i can't that even guy, say your name he, he was replaceable no offense yeah like, yeah he's the one guy that like you could have cast whoever isn't it role. wild when they do that when they like cast somebody as like the main character because i arguably he's like the main character and i always forget that i'm like he's such a like he's fine like i think he's actually a really interesting guy um but as an like i, I know a little bit about him too which is i think really interesting but he he's yeah he's just a shrug yeah he really is he really is it's it's true when you said you would consider him the main character i mean you're not that's not a crazy he's like the first one we see crazy i I know crazy of you to say because i'm just like are you kidding above like uh what's her name the mom um diane keaton diane keaton i was like not diane dane i think (laughs) that's the that's from that thing you do from that thing you You are a Billy big thing for me. I am a first boy girl thing. Um, Steve Zahn, please come on our podcast. So uh, I will say like family stone, like with this movie, the way it introduces us to this brood of people is through Everett stone, Dermot Mulroney's Mm -hmm. character. And so that's why it feels kind of, and it's about him and Sarah Jessica Parker meeting his family. You don't have to be nervous. I'm not. They're going to love you. There's nothing harder than joining a family. He intends to give that girl my mother's wedding ring. Especially one like the Stones. She's got this throat-clearing tick. It's like she's digging for clams. Ready? Yeah, they're all watching, you know. They have a funny way of making you feel at home. Hello, you have a lovely home. All the better to entertain you, my dear. Don't dilly-dally there, pretty lady. We're all going to be down here talking about you. She is completely uptight. I am not sleeping with you in your bed, in your parents' house. Separate bedrooms. It's so silly. Are Everett and Meredith going to get married? Four words. Second 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 word. Beekeeper. Ring. Bride. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. They hate me. They hate me. They just met you. I just figured you'd give her a hard time, have a good laugh, but then back off. Meredith's checking into the inn. And now her sister Julie's giving up Christmas with her entire family in order to be with Meredith. I'm ashamed of all of you. Well, even you. Hi. Hey. Hey. Hi. This holiday season... He's gonna ask me for that ring. Mom, enough about the ring. From the producer of Sideways... You have a freak flag. You just don't fly it. Uh oh. 
will try to behave like a civilized family. I don't care whether you like me or not. Oh, of course you do. Claire Danes, Diane Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Dermot Mulroney, Craig T. Nelson, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Luke Wilson. The Family Stone. It's just that we're all we've got. And you! You're the worst! I'm the worst! Boy. <laughs> the eldest son, uh, played by Dermot Mulrooney, brings his uptight girlfriend, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, home with the intention of proposing to her with the cherished heirloom ring. Hence the family stone. It's very clever. Um, overwhelmed by- a I host- never <laughs> got that. Really? I just figured that out. Are you kidding? I just thought it was like, yeah, wasn't their last name Stone? <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. It's the family stone. Um, the the poster for wow. it is is the is like the ring finger, and so I look, but giving the finger, and so I I always thought, oh yeah, the- still didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You were in high school. You were thinking about other things. Oh my god! But gosh, uh, true. so oh, there she is overwhelmed by this hostile reception. She begs her sister to join her for emotional support. Her sister, played by Claire Danes, Pete Claire Danes, um, and which triggers further complications, um. And it was released in in December of two thousand five. So we're we're looking at that era, which is very funny, because they're like it's two thousand five tech. It's so funny. It feels like an old movie. And then like when you see the cell phone, it's like the, <laughs> the cell phone buzzing in the floor. Oh you're gosh, like, oh, I know. you're jerked out of, out of the fact that this could be anytime. Yeah, it's just four years before the iPhone. Yeah, for sure. Um, they were stoked a to get a world. cell phone in there. Like, I will oh. say, this was the perfect holiday film. It is 90 minutes, roughly. Mm -hmm. It is packed with comedy, action. It's heartfelt. It's well acted. It's well written. There is not one lull. There's a few. There's a handful of movies like that. These are not related to each other at all. But there's movies like uh, Remember the Titans is that way for me. There's not a bad scene in that movie where like every movie has that that top of the third act or the bottom of the second act. I should say where it's just like mm. there's a little bit of a lull. And we're like, we get it. You're really driving the point home of like, oh, no, our protagonist is. But like. This one oh, is no. just riveting the whole. <laughs> um, it's riveting the whole time, and I think part of it is it has. I was gonna say a second ago, like, like kind of a Shakespearean vibe, where like hmm. one of these like um, <clears throat> these Shakespearean plays that like open up with like, hey, here's this character, and it's just like two people talking or one person talking to themselves, and then like within the next couple scenes and stuff like that, suddenly there are like twenty players on the board, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, there is this person's mad at this person and this person's got an issue with this person. And this person has this thing. Like it, there, there's and just then they so introduce like a, a main character about three fourths away through the movie too, which is wild. Yeah. Like Claire Danes doesn't show up until like the hour mark or something. Tell me that's not Shakespeare. Like that's so like uh midsummer's night. That's so like, yeah, I can like totally see so that. many of those movies where it's just a movie. This movie is the King Lear of Luke Wilson movies for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's been said yeah it's been said. it's been it's been well documented this is, this is his king lear moment for sure absolutely An- another funny just random deal luke wilson's outfits in this mm-hmm. like the 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 long sleeve white undershirt uh with like the polo i tried copying that for years and couldn't figure out why i didn't look like luke wilson i remember specifically yeah. seeing this movie and being like i'm going to walmart yep. and i'm gonna buy like a thermal undershirt mm-hmm. the long sleeve shirt and then I went to like the mall and tried to find like this t-shirty material. It didn't look as good because he's a movie star with yeah. nice arms. And I was a little skinny high school kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
why don't why isn't Claire Danes returning my calls? I bought the <laughs> polo, um, but I wanted to be him in this movie. Yeah, me too. It, it is my and I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan, and he's in a lot of those early movies. This is my favorite Luke Wilson performance. It feels like they're like, I don't know, Luke, just do what you do, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it, peak. It's like the director was like, I don't know. We didn't give Luke a script. Just say whatever you'd say in that moment, Luke Wilson. And he's like, all right. It really does feel that way. Because a lot of times, like when everything is happening, especially in the very beginning, the the early, early drama of just Meredith, Sarah Jessica Parker's uh, character coming into the family home and everyone's mm-hmm. like, who is this uptight chick? She's just not gelling with them and stuff like that. He's kind of outside of it all. He's yeah. kind of like in the background getting high or sipping some coffee or like dilly dally, pretty or something. Lady. <laughs> yeah. Every line that Luke Wilson says in this movie, I quote with two of my friends. Like we, we will just like, just him saying, repeat the sounding joy. Like, it's just like <laughs> the things he says in this movie, there, there's a moment where he's, where he goes, where he, he gets a Christmas present. That's a, that's a jacket. And like, he's like yeah. houndstooth, right? Houndstooth. Like we say houndstooth. Like, why is that? You know, like everything yeah. he says, it's not um, houndstooth, by the way. That bugs me every time I see this movie. It's not a houndstooth, is it? No, not at all. It's gingham. So he's wrong. Gingham. He's it's like a he's, weird plaid thing. He's yeah. asking, though. Nobody answered the question. Houndstooth. Okay. Is it houndstooth? The other one, my one of my favorites of him is when he sits back in the bar. We'll get there, I guess. And he's just looking at it. He's like, you got a freak flag. You just don't fly it. Yeah. It's like, man, I, that's that that spoke to me today yeah. while I was watching this. <laughs> yeah. And, and she tries it and then he, he, she, she says I'm uncomfortable and he, he just looks at her like, yeah, we know we could tell. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. didn't have to announce that. <laughs> yeah. God, I love him so much. We could just stay on Luke Wilson and, and break his entire character down. But um, I will say another deal that stood out to me just because this was Oh five. Like this was a long time ago. This mm-hmm. is, it doesn't feel like a long time ago. That's the year I graduated though. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's like, so much has happened in the world and i think there was i i legitimately i'm not i'm I'm not this feels like i almost didn't want to bring this up because it feels like virtue signaling or like oh be the guy who like calls this out but i was like actually like seriously moved in the first five minutes when thad and his partner come home uh they have one son who's gay and deaf and he comes home with his partner and and the the way that the the father uh just like gives them both this huge hug and he's like so he embraces both of them Mm -hmm. it's like i can't even wait to hug you guys each individually and it's just something that i just looked it up at the time because again like this week supreme court passed so passed a bill, a law. I don't know the terminology, whatever. It, it's not it's not as big of a win as it seems. But like, hey, any little thing at this point, like really? progress is progress. But uh, a bill that I think it, it, it at the very least acknowledges same sex marriage yes. in all 50 states it doesn't necessarily protect it the, the full way that we wanted it to. Right. But dude, in 2005, yeah, uh, Americans opposed same sex marriage by a margin of 57 percent to 35 percent. Wow. So it's just like. It, it it was a very different world, you know what I mean? And I still think, I mean, like, if the last couple of years have shown us anything, it's that, like, the country is still eerily divided on, on these mm-hmm. topics. Mm-hmm. But for, like, then, for this movie, to, this, is a, this, is, this is a movie that, like, I have relatives that would have loved it and then would have wear quietly under their breath said, really sad about the... the son though mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it was still yeah. it still had to be said by certain family members and stuff like that which i'd like to think by now they've moved on from that i hope but it, that i just instantly was like wow this was a it's, long time ago that's moving. such a bold move though it, you know it and was at the time it was really really well done because i got my parents to watch it like I, my mom loves christmas movies like 
like you were saying, it's a wonderful life is like, is, is the family movie of my family. Yeah. Like we are a star Wars family, but we, we owned it's a wonderful life. It was like, Same. It, it was a movie that we all made a point to sit around and watch each black year. and white or recolored. Uh, we had both black and white is where I go though. Same. Um, it, it, and we'll talk, we're going to talk about it this year. Like that movie is, is incredible. And I don't know, but th- like that, it was that one. And it's like Frank Capra in general, like just that kind of atmosphere. It's and that, a special that, movie. It's kind of what feels like I know, and th- and that's so why I wanted my mom to watch this, and she loved it. And except for, she's super conservative Christian, but like the parts of that she didn't really love, you know, the 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 gay couple, and then also we'll get to it. But there's a dinner scene um, where where oh, where Mary, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, she so hated good. everything about that dinner scene, and I I, it's one of, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I'm like, I I, I forgot how good that scene was. It is so it is compelling. I, I wonder if they this is this is like right when DVD started hitting, and there was there's not a lot of back behind the scenes of this movie. All this, this movie wasn't a huge hit, so there wasn't a mm-hmm. lot of like a, people weren't asking for it. I would love if they would have made a behind the scenes featurette because I want to know how many days it took to film that scene because it's it's wild how. Like uh, you saw that, and it's not the same thing, but like Wakanda Forever came out, and they there's like a scene on the bridge that they said said took like three weeks to shoot or something like that, and could and get right or something. And I'm like, that's just one scene on a bridge. Um, and I know there's a lot of moving parts to that, but it makes yeah. me wonder to get this scene exactly correct. They either did it in one take or they did it over and over again over the, over the course of like a week because it it is it truly stands out from your normal family holiday fair. Like it, it really does. I have a hard time believing it was a significant amount of takes for really? some reason. Yeah. I think, I think it was really good. I also, I think it's, I could, I'm completely, this is completely uneducated. This is just my knee jerk. You know, I just look at the, the actors around that table, Diane Keaton, Sarah, Jessica Parker, Claire Danes. Like Luke these Wilson. are people who'd been doing it since they They're were pros. young. They're pros. You know what I mean? They're pros. Um, and it was, there's also a lot of cuts. Um, so oh, my god that, but that that scene i want to get to that scene i'm excited to get to yeah it. I don't we'll, wanna... we'll get there but that um i get the exact same way with with that and patrick the the couple in it. i think there's also for me honestly because i never had this i think it's first off is craig t nelson who is a, who at one point was america's dad coach like, he was coach and then also he was in Parenthood, um where he plays the paterfamilias mm-hmm. as well he's kind of the 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 grandfather uh wonderful show uh, so but he he's just that guy he just feels so warm and, and he's so lovely in this movie like you just yeah. love him um but just him him welcoming in his his like uh i guess it's his son-in-law it's just mm-hmm. there's something about that that's like no you're you're family now and i yeah. i never had that with my former in-laws and i and i always wanted it and I, th- I think there's a part of that that, that makes me tear up too because it's like wish fulfillment. <laughs> well, it's also like I don't know the legality of this, but I don't know if they were if it was his son-in-law back then. Oh, I don't right. know what those you like in Texas it wouldn't love. have been. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what's so yeah. crazy about it, man. When we watched this film in our states that year, those characters could not legally get ma- a marriage license yeah. in in the states that we lived in when this film came out. Well, I'm looking at their names, uh, and you're you're right. I mean, they don't have the same last name, mm. like. Thad is is Thaddeus Stone, and then he's Patrick Thomas. So, um, so yeah, maybe I don't know, but it's 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 just crazy to think like this doesn't feel like a long time ago. Um, yeah, you're right. But just how how and I mean, even then when that happened, like you compare 2005 to 95, and it's like, well, no, that movie doesn't get made that way. Period. No, it doesn't get made. Period. No, not at and all. And it is like I even had a moment at the end of this movie where I was like, you know, it just dawned on me 
how white this story is <laughs> because it is like like they do live in a gorgeous new england yeah like this mansion of a house by my mm-hmm. standards you know what i mean they totally obviously is. it's a very large family they're all very well to do they're all very like it is and that's not just this movie this is all the movies i was raised on yeah. all of the the kids movies liar liar home alone all the, they're they're all somehow like one percenters these incredibly rich mm. families and all that kind of stuff i mean you could say home alone is a very white story it's such itself. a white story they all are but and i, I don't even want to like reduce it to that but i had that thought and that's when i started thinking about like the decisions they did make where they could make them it's also a story about a family in new england and so that's the story it's going to be it was not like a for, for for what it was, I thought they did a pretty good job trying to diversify it. You could mm-hmm. you could argue that it was a little token, but it wasn't like Thad wasn't or what's his uh, Patrick Patrick yeah Patrick uh, Thad's partner. He's not just a character in the background. Like you no. know what I mean? Like they they make a point to be like, hey, elephant in the room. Like he's not he's not a token. And so I do think they did a really good job with that. They did uh, a great job. I and honestly, uh, one of the things I was gonna say, one of the little BTS with this movie. Because I was, I was, I am obsessed with this movie. Like it's, it's, it's one of my favorites. And uh, I just read everything I could read about on it to, to know more. Like I said, there's no, there's no like featurette on the DVD or anything. Yeah. But they, they, all of the actors, um, stayed in this house for I want to say like ten days straight. That's awesome. And just camped out and like worked on dialogue and and everybody but um, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character to create and Claire Danes to create that like distance. That's and, brilliant. and there was literally like, you can feel it. Cause there are moments in Dan in real life does this too, which is a, a nice sister film to this um, where it's so wild to me. There are moments. One of my favorite things, there are little inside jokes that never get explained. There's little things where like they'll nuzzle each other's nose. There's just like a little something that'll be like, Oh, there's a moment between like Patrick and Luke Wilson's character or Thaddeus or something where they're like, Oh, don't, don't my God. Like they do some Mm -hmm. kind of, and you're like, Oh, that's a story. But like, and a lot of those were created during that time where they're inside jokes that the director was like, no, put that in there. That's great. Um, Stuff they were doing in between takes. And I was like, I love that they, they put those, you can, this, these, people are family. Like, you know who they are. It isn't like, Oh, now Luke Wilson's in the scene. It's like, no, Ben's home. You know, yeah. it really does feel lived in for lack of a better word. And you feel when, when Sarah Jessica Parker, when Meredith gets there, you can feel the like tension. You're like, Dude, oh, she a new, did a new person. Great job too. She really like, I was at first, like her character used to annoy the crap out of me, but like, I think this rewatch, I really had an appreciation for how well yeah. she played that because it's, I think playing a character that stiff is akin to playing uh drunk. And it's like when when you're good at it, people will think, oh, that's easy. And it's not something that you notice is a good performance. But when you're not good at it, which most people aren't, you can see right through it and go, this feels so forced and fake. Mm -hmm. If you've ever seen someone try to pretend to be drunk, an actor on a TV show, a sitcom or something, it's just bad. You go like, dude, this is so cringy. And I think similarly, this character, she's playing this like Felix to their Oscar of like this kind of like the odd couple, very stiff. Like when she, we were talking about earlier, when she's in the bar with Luke Wilson, she's trying mm-hmm. to get all comfortable and, so, and she's just not. And I think you realize it, <clears throat> we'll get there, but in the second half of the film, when she kind of like, she releases a little bit, she lets down some of her facade, you go, oh, that was actually excellent acting. That's not just 
your awkward physicality. Like that yeah. was that's you being very well, very well aware of yourself. You know, I thought she did a killer job, especially considering that like this is the last season of Sex in the City when this movie when this movie came out. So mm. it, I wish this... it was the last season of Sex in the City, but <laughs> there was a recent one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. But like so that that show, she's a very different character from Carrie Bradshaw in this. And so mm-hmm. it was it was that I would imagine is part of the attraction for this this film. But yeah, she plays it very well. Um, just, just like little things, like the way she like tucks her hair back when it's just a little bit out of, out of, out of place or whatever she, she does like all the little idiosyncrasies so well. And like the, the throat clearing thing, all of it, (laughs) you know, I'm curious to hear because so we haven't really gotten that far into the film, but basically people are showing up to the house, Everett and Meredith, um, that's, uh, uh, the Dermot guy and Sarah Jessica Parker's um, <laughs> characters. Uh, well, I'll just use the character names because it's easier for yeah. me. But uh, Everett and Meredith show up to the house, and um, it's very obvious that she doesn't get along with people right away. Uh, so her and Amy do not get along right off the bat. They've yeah. met before in New York, and they didn't get along there. She was basically like prepping the whole house to say, "Don't like this woman." Yeah, and so it's really, really tense. That whole the first like ten to fifteen minutes of the movie is just that it's just people arriving slowly uh-huh. getting introduced to more of these uh this kind of like commedia dell'arte yeah. group of like weird misfits whatever but what was your impression of her because I yeah she she's um she's a little sharp but the more that I watch like she gets there she doesn't get along with people there's some obvious like awkward moments and then they all go to dinner that night. And mm-hmm. then it's like, ugh, this woman won't shut up. The yeah. first, the annoying thing is that, like, she puts her hand out to shake everyone's hand instead of hugging, which they're, like, a very messy, warm yeah. family. And she's, like, a very prim and proper mm-hmm. uh, kind of cold personality at first. Then they go out to dinner and she won't shut up. And I, I kind of had the thought that I was like, I really, I, I'm not saying she's very warm. She she kind of, her personality has a lot of corners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she wasn't the worst. And I kind of felt like, yeah, she was a little stiff, but then they're mad at her for talking too much and sharing too much. Like she, she kind of like commandeered the conversation that first night out at dinner. Yeah. I kind of, I've, I've, don't remember feeling this way the first time, but this rewatch, I felt like, man, cut her some slack. Like y'all weren't going to let her win. The more that that? I, yeah, the more that I watch this movie and I watch it every year, the more I'm on her side. Um, but I I will say they, the thing Amy does where she goes around and is like, she's the worst Wait till you meet her, blah, blah, blah. I think she's talking to the audience too. Cause it works at first. You're like, Oh totally. yeah, she doesn't fit in. Everybody's so cool. And like, they're really liberal. They're kind of hippie. They're smoking pot. They're like, whatever, but they're calling their parents by their first names. There's all this like, Ooh, yeah. And then she gets in there and you're like, Hey, play along. What's your problem. And I, yeah. I see her talking a bunch when they, that scene, by the way, when they go, that's such a perfect, like we're here to visit, but there's no food in the house. We got to go get pizza. Like I have been, oh my gosh, yes. I have gone to visit family and they're like, Oh my God, you're so glad you're here. Hey, we have five pizzas waiting for us at the local pizza place, not pizza hut. Yep. Like that whole cut, which is supposed to be funny. And she's telling the story over in the car. And then when they get there and like all of them are piled in the car, that is so real. <laughs> I love really that is. so much, but I, 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 I that's on Kowloon's side. Um, that whole, like she's yelling at, at Thad and he's like, why is she yelling? Um, but there is, there is, her talking too much. I think that's her nervousness coming out. It also feels yeah. like she's just, a, she's in sales or whatever she's in. Like she's, in, she is a presenter. Yeah. Um, she talks about that, how she, she's like works for this foundation and stuff. And I think that's just her nervously. Like they were asked, how'd you guys meet? And she's like, here's the entire story with every single detail yeah. you don't need. It's kind of a, it's a stonewaller move. It's, it's a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for a uh, steamroller kind of thing. And, and honestly, like I know people in my life who, when they, they're not super 
chatty and they're not, they're not very sociable and they go the other way where they yeah. just like, I was married to one. They just like go, they just, and you're like, Oh my saying. gosh, yeah, yeah. there is no room for anybody else to talk. See, I didn't necessarily read it that way though. I know that they, I think the family read it that way, but I also, I, I feel that way in scenarios where I go, dude, no one's giving me anything here. Like yeah. no one is giving me anything. So I keep talking because you guys suck. And there's a couple parts where they go like the dad goes, oh, well, like, what were you guys meeting over? And, and uh, Everett goes, oh, who knows? And she goes, what do you mean? Who knows? It was a such and such thing mm. with the ball. And she just answers the question. I'm like, hey, also be a good partner, Everett. And like when he says, what He's were you meeting worst, over? Man. He, he really was. He sucked. And so He's I'm going like, I'm not saying she wasn't talking too much. She was. But I also think like it was. It was very apparent to me, or I felt, maybe I'm projecting because I resonated with her character here, but like, <laughs> I, I felt like, hey, you guys aren't throwing her any bones, so like, she has to carry the weight of the energy. Because if you guys carry it, all you're going to do is walk down your little nostalgia lane, which is what my family does when we get around together yep. around Kate, and it yep. drives Kate crazy because... We all get together and it's like, oh, you remember that one time and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and the next door neighbors and our cousins, blah, blah. I remember when grandma and yeah. Kate's just like, hey, dude, I wasn't there in 94, so I can't contribute to this. I know. So I'm talking about new stuff. I'm going, hey, here's how I met. Here's how, And people are like, oh, cool. Anyway, and it's just, you know, I, I kind of yeah. got that vibe from the family. of like, y'all aren't making this easy for her. I also took away the fact that she's not also, she's not sharing anything that makes her a person in that she's just kind of telling the story. That's fair. Yeah. And so and, and I, I took that away too. Very she's like, here's yes, it's very much like, and then we did this and then we did this and, and she's telling details of the story in the business deals and chefs that she's doing, but there's no, it's, it's not interesting. It's like, Oh, and then we wanted to go to this side and then we decided very to go to that fair. side. And I know people like that too, where you're like, where, what are we doing? You're just giving you're me talking information a lot, here. but you're not really saying anything. Kind yeah. of that. That's I took away that too. But once again, I'm on your side where it's like, Hey, let her warm up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like it, it definitely it's, I, I err on the side of this was completely unfair to her and Everett at every turn throws her under the freaking bus. It's crazy. He dude. is the worst. I don't like that actor as it, as it is. Like I don't, I don't have a good German. reason for it. Yeah. He just yeah. has a face that I don't love. No, it's fair. Uh, he just looks, he looks like a villain in an eighties movie. You know what totally. I mean? An eighties yeah. teen comedy or something like that. I'm sure he played one uh, if we looked far back enough. Yeah. But, um, so it's interesting. So they, and tell me if I'm skipping anything. The next note that I have written down is actually the talk that Ben Luke Wilson's character and Meredith have by the car the next morning, mm -hmm. because they, they go out to dinner. It is what it is. The next morning, they have a very, or I think, is it that night or the next morning? I can't remember. But can't Amy remember. and Meredith, the youngest sister and Meredith, have a very awkward interaction where uh, the youngest sister basically just, like, makes her feel like a piece of garbage. At every turn, and, yeah. At every turn. But they have one big interaction, and she decides, hey, I'm out. I'm going to go check in to the inn. I'm not going to stay here because yeah, I don't want to be in the house. There was a thing where she was going to, they make Amy sleep on the couch, and she thought she was going to get the. Because Meredith refuses to sleep in the bed with Everett in her parents' house because she's right. being all prim and proper. And the parents are like, what, y'all don't screw? Like, <laughs> Which is such an old hippie way to say I know sex. It. Diane Keaton's the best. I love it. After Diane Keaton like tells the whole house and Meredith about the Brad, the guy yeah. that popped Amy's cherry, Ugh. she's like, ah, I popped Amy's cherry. I'm like, good Lord, that's what a Brad? mom said about her daughter? Brad Stevens? Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and there's a, there is a moment where like, and it's, it's very apparent also when Luke Wilson's character, Ben, gets there, that he is into Meredith from the jump. Like, he he is <laughs> he's not even a little bit like trying to hide the fact that he's into her and there's even a moment when she goes upstairs where he's like she's she's incredible right like she's like remember that librarian we had like he's See, really into it that's what i was gonna ask you because when she freaks out and goes like hey i'm leaving 
um, Everett's helping her pack her stuff into the car, and then he comes in to basically yell at his family and be yeah. like, here's what, how it's going to be from here yeah. on out. And has this big come to Jesus. Y'all are going to be nice to her. Yeah. You're going to get your shit together. Be nice. While he's doing that, uh, Ben, Luke Wilson's character, goes out to the car in his gray sweatpants <laughs> and is like... Oh. Which we now know the car and like <laughs> bending his back and doing and I that's what I wanted to know is I this was the first viewing that I've had where I was like, what what's happening here? Mm -hmm. in, in the past, I was just like, oh, clueless stoner Ben is out here giving yeah. her coffee and doesn't realize that he's making her uncomfortable and he's being inappropriate because he's just a stoner and a burnout. Yeah. But rewatching it, I was like, he Dude, knows he's, laying, he's laying the groundwork. He's like, I had a okay. dream about you. Yeah, I had a dream about you. Like I'm telling you, every Luke Wilson line I can quote because I just I I have I make a sponge to his character. I want to bring be back him that mug. So it's bad. my he's mom's like, favorite. She'll yeah, freak like, out if you, you don't bring that back. It's Sybil's favorite. Um, it's just like one more thing that's gonna piss piss off. And that's another thing too. Like they are all so mean to her, and 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 so mean. And and Sybil is too. Like Diane Keaton's character, like even from the jump, like usually moms fake it better than this. And so maybe I'm used to moms in the South and she's new England. Yeah. And she's like, no, like who didn't make more coffee? Who doesn't know the rules? Like that kind of thing. And she's like, I didn't. She's like, Oh, you're back. Like not even trying to hide it is really wild to me, but it might be a new England thing. They're supposed to be in like Connecticut. Who knows? Or whatever. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, that scene is so funny. And I mean, the gray sweatpants thing, which we talked about this weekend, uh, didn't we talk about this? The great. Yeah. 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 I was like, I was like, Oh, there's Luke Wilson. Grace. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a TikTok going around where it's like, when my it's like point of view and my boyfriend leaves the house in a gray sweatpants and a white t-shirt it's like where are you going looking all slutty um because that, that's like the male equivalent yeah. i learned uh but yeah anyway. nick didn't know about the gray sweatpants being I, being men's thirst trap i didn't i did see that john ham picture uh which which is where everybody points to that honestly I, is john ham in any pair of pants because the dude doesn't wear <laughs> underwear yeah, he, he just doesn't. lets it all hang out. Yeah, um, he lets his John Ham hang out. <laughs> he lets out. He lets the John Ham out. <laughs> um, but no, that was my first question. Yeah, as I was just gonna say, what, what on earth was that that moment by the yeah. car? Because I I didn't know. In general, I'll be totally honest. I remember this movie being much more subtle than it is. Like I remember it being yeah. more of a surprise that Ben starts developing this thing for Meredith early on. Like, yeah, I didn't realize. I just I was just clueless you know yeah what I mean? like it they really was set it up they, they have a lot of little interactions where he he's clearly like i just want to get some facetime with this babe like he's just into her yeah and he, he doesn't even like try to shy away even in that the kitchen after he meets her when she goes upstairs and he's like don't dilly dally pretty lady we'll be down here talking about you like yeah that'll, and then he's like she's incredible right and every, even everett's like yeah ben gets it i'm like no no no, you're not getting what he's saying like he's yeah, into yeah. this woman it's very funny yeah it's not subtle <laughs> no not at all so they they announced then when she's going to the the end too that she's called her sister down her sister yeah. is gonna come and stay with her her sister julie um played by claire danes which is they're like oh my god dude how imagine how she they, i think the the older sister mm, is Susanna. like imagine how she would have felt how she must have felt to have called her sister to come yeah. down she's her sister is giving up christmas with her family to be here for it they're all like oh crap yeah you know? but nothing really changes like they're still horrible people for the rest yeah. of the film <laughs> i thought you'd get her fangs in them and then let her off or whatever like, <laughs> yeah they totally have your fun have your fun yeah which is also funny because he isn't helping like in that moment he's trying to be a good guy i guess but like mm -hmm. it is weird I and mean, we should say like they don't really i really wanted them to lean in in on this a little bit more and maybe this is where they thought they were being subtle but everett is kind of the all-american like the firstborn a lot was put on his shoulders he has to kind of carry the yeah. 
the the torch he he's he has to be successful at all at all times even him coming into the house he's wearing a tie and people are tugging at it they're it like off. oh are you yeah. running for mayor like this whole the next thing. morning he's wearing a turtleneck and a blazer like it's very yeah stiff. and they're like who are you mm-hmm. and i and i understand like he's trying to like even him introducing meredith into the into this world where he grew up in you can see that he's like oh no are they turning against meredith maybe i should have chosen a better woman like uh, he feels this pressure and he's so just trying to please everybody around you and they even say it at one point like you can't like be perfect like it won't fix everything yeah and and you really see that and the fact that he won't put up his like trophies and stuff on the wall like he has there's a moment where meredith opens up a drawer and sees all of his like awards that he's won and he's just like i don't want to see that i don't care about that um i feel like they could have like leaned in that a little bit more to show a little bit more yeah. a little bit more like humans there's no humanity in Everett to me he just no, whatever no, whatever the scene calls for he just goes with like i really think it's the actor if we're being honest think, but okay. I, I i that's how i felt but i also i don't want to spoil it yet but they do i feel like him and his mom they have a moment at the end of the film where she kind of unpacks some of that yeah uh, a little bit more uh and i feel like she does speak to it but it's not something that is read with any subtlety throughout the film you know yeah. what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. um I, I think it was more of a his performance thing if i'm being honest because he's just kind of a i mean i don't like just talking crap about people but yeah i just don't think he was a very like it's not a very subtle performance. You know what I mean? One cool thing I'll say about Dermot Mulroney, which, which I've, I've learned this a couple of years ago and I think it's so cool is he is a concert cellist and he has played on so many, um, famous movie scores from like, uh, some of the newer star Wars movies, even, even some stuff in here. I think Thomas Newman did the score for this film. He also did the 95 little women, which that score makes me cry the second I hear it. Um, and, and he also, so he asked Thomas Newman if he could play on the score. Like he, he is like a known con. If you look up his, his IMDB, you see all the movies that he's played cello on, which instantly makes him cooler. Yeah. But I was like, maybe do that instead of that. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, that that's super cool. Also that explains a lot because if you go like, Hey, why wasn't the Everett role played very well? You could easily just answer that by saying, cause it was played by the cellist <laughs> because we had a, a killer lineup of A-list actors and a cellist in this movie. I wonder I don't, if I that just, has something to do with it too. The fact that he's, he's up against, he's juxtaposed with a bunch of really fantastic actors who are very natural, like Rachel McAdams and Luke Wilson and Diane mm-hmm. Keaton. These people are very natural. Like Craig T. Nelson, I think is just that way. I don't know because he's always very naturalistic in the way he acts. So I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is, but he is, but honestly, I don't even need his, that actor to be that great. Cause everybody else is so wonderful. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think like Thad did a great job. Patrick did a really good oh, job. Great, yeah. uh, Brad Schneider, the guy that plays Brad Stevenson. He's oh, in it for like 20 yeah, minutes. Paul, yeah, uh-huh. uh, Paul Snyder, Paul Snyder. Yeah. He's uh, so good. He, he did a really, really good job. I was like, I forgot he was in this. So I was like, Oh, yeah. uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah. First <laughs> season Parks and Rec guy. Yeah. Um, but um, I th- yeah, I just he just kind of stands out, and maybe he's supposed to, because yeah, again, I think it comes out towards the end of the movie that he's trying to put on this like facade that isn't really there. That yeah. so it's interesting, and uh, tell me if I'm skipping anything. But then, so he talks to his mom, he goes and he asks for the ring, and she's straight up like, no, yeah, no, she's like, no, you can't have it, not for her, she's not the one. Mm-hmm. And then they go shopping for a ring. He goes with his younger brother Thad to shop for a ring. And Thad's being really awkward. And then when the when the uh, the the ring attendant, whatever the salesperson, walks away yeah. from it, Thad just grabs his hand and says, "Don't do it." Yeah, don't do it, Everett. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. Like, when I'll be honest, I mm. don't, I can't imagine a scenario in which if one of my sisters came to me and said, "Hey, here's who I'm marrying," I would go, "Don't do it." That to me is just one of those decisions that I go, "Like, hey, I'm not. You None weren't asking." 
and I don't, I'll have my opinion, but you weren't asking, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to offer it. And why on earth? I don't know what y'all are like. I don't know what you want. I don't know what it's like when y'all are together. I don't know what kind of life you are wanting to build for yourself. I might not choose that person. That's not who I want for you. I do have, yeah. I've had a lot of very close friends uh, marry people that I ab- absolutely sucked, uh, in my opinion. And they're happy and they have, fa- I mean, I think they're happy and they have families now and they have kids and we don't hang out anymore because that person sucked. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't want them in my life, but like, that's my decision to make and you're making yeah. yours and like, you know, and so not like I cut these people out of my life because of it, but naturally it kind of starts to happen. Yeah, you don't buy. But what are your thoughts on that? Like, what is, then you can tell me if I'm skipping too far ahead, but no, like, when is it appropriate if ever to speak up and be like outside of like issues of abuse and stuff like that sure. to say like, don't do it. That seems so bold to me. Is that, is that, there's two is things that about a deep that. relationship or is that toxic? I, I mean, it's a little bit of both. I think this, it shows the lack of boundaries in their family, which is abounds <laughs> the lack of boundaries in their family. And I, I think that's yeah, just well the said. kind of family they have is that they, they, they're no bullshit. They just kind of like say what, what they think and stuff. So I think him being like, don't do it. Like, what are you doing? Um, is comes from a little bit of that, but it's interesting because that is the one who I thought would be more on her side. Cause he's just more sensitive. He's more like in tune with that kind of stuff. I, I also just think, I mean, I would never do that either because I'm, I'm more like, no, you're, it's your life or whatever. Like, but the weirdest part of it is why do they care at all? It doesn't seem like this family would cares about traditional marriage or any of that stuff. Like, like, it seems like they would be like, I mean, I know it's, it's the plot of the film is why, <laughs> but I'm like, it, it's weird. It seems like this family's like, I don't know, marry her. And then it won't work out or it will. Yeah. And, you know, I think they know Everett and they know he will never quit this relationship. Maybe that's well, part of it. I also, I, I feel like it was, and we're going to get there eventually, but like, I guess even here, like in the next scene or so, you find out that the mother isn't well. Yeah. Um, And they say when, when, uh, when uh, Ben and the dad are smoking weed on the bench, (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, what on earth is that life? Like the the biggest winter coat I've ever seen. (laughs) Absolutely. Just hitting the pipe, hitting a little glass pipe with your dad. What on earth? I know. But, um, But so you learn that she's not doing well. She hasn't been doing well for a while, but they're yeah. like, this time it's bad. Like it's back. There's some yeah. kind of like cancer or something. You're not hundred percent sure yet. And that's what I think this movie does a great job at in general. Um, I, this was my final note. I wanted to say this at the end, but I, this is where it's all headed. And it's kind of hard to talk about anything without going there is that yeah. I think the film does a good job of embroiling you and all of this family's really petty boundaryless drama you said that really well it's a total lack of boundaries yeah they embroil you in all this drama and then remind you at the end like hey ultimately no matter how big and no matter how bad no matter how awkward the drama gets um there's there's more important things you know yeah. what i mean is yeah. it's like at the end of it the fact that like this matriarch is about to is mm-hmm. dealing with this stuff and we don't know how much long we're going to be with her like she's sick and that i feel like that was the unspoken tension under the entire thing. Right. And I, again, watching the film the first time, I don't even think I was smart enough to pick up on the fact after that scene with Ben and the father on the bench where he tells her it's not good. And he has a good cry about it. Ben uh-huh. does. I don't even think I was smart enough to understand like, Oh, that's the vein. That's the, that's the, the tense heartbeat that runs like underneath this whole story here is she is not well. So like Everett, you can't do this. We don't yeah. know how much time we have left with mom and you can't marry this horrible person we don't like yeah. during the time that we have left with her, you know? And, and it feels like Thad and Patrick are either local or they're, they're there more often. I think they're more yeah. involved in the day-to-day of the parents because they it feels like they know more. And like Patrick and, That's fair, and, yeah. and uh, Sybil, the mother, have a 
like relationship. Like they seem to be like buddies yeah. and stuff. They well, cook she together. Says, mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. go on. No, so they seem. So it seems like maybe Thad knows something, and he just can't mm. say it to him yet because she wants to tell him or something. So maybe that's part of that too. But you're right that that's a weird, it's a weird move in a, a few different ways. Just be like, don't do it. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um. This you were you were talking about like uh Thad and Sybil having that relationship. Like she says later on, which I don't want to jump into that scene yet because there's one other one that I thought was really funny. Yeah. But when when they're sitting around the dinner table and she's like, I prayed that you would all be gay. Like yeah. I wanted all yeah. my boys to be gay so that you would never leave me. Yeah. And it's like, well, Thad is the one who is gay and kind of hasn't left her. And so yeah, that's yeah, a good, that's a good call. I never made that connection that that might be why he said don't do it. Yeah. Maybe maybe he he seems to be kind of like Sybil's not favorite son, but he's the one who's around her GBF. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. Yeah. Is that a thing still? Um, it was a TV just, show. Or, or just a trope. Five seconds? Was it really? I think there was a TV oh show called GBF gosh. for like five seconds. Uh, I wonder if that, I wonder if that was helpful or hurtful. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the, the, the next little note that I had written, I don't know if this was the next scene or not. So you can stop me if I'm going too far. Is yeah, where he said uh, it's the, so Julie shows up, uh, Claire Dane's sister, or Claire Dane's um, uh, Meredith's sister. So it's Julie and Meredith now, and they show up and they're like, "Oh, like hi." The family's immediately fawning over Julie, like they love her. Opposite of well, how they, they love her, don't Meredith. they? Yeah, yeah. And so they go upstairs to do something, or I think they go in the in the in the bathroom to mm-hmm. help to fix Julie's knee because she face plants off of the bus when she yeah. gets there. Uh, the bus. The like bus. I'm like, who, what year was this again? Like, how, why are there so many buses? There are moments like that where it's like, oh, they're trying to make it seem like an old style like holiday. It's film. also maybe like the Northeast. Like, I forget how small yeah. the Northeast is, but like, yeah, there's no true. You don't take the bus in Texas because everything's like a six hour drive away. Yeah, you that's know? true. Anyway. Everything's close up there. Uh, but uh, it's just that moment where Ben and Everett, the two brothers, just kind of look at each other, and you kind of see like they look at each other like. Like, we're not going to acknowledge this, but yeah. it's, like, obvious that Everett immediately has an attraction to Julie. Yeah. And Ben is, like, sees that and is also kind of <laughs> like, hey, dude, like, I'm yeah. kind of down for Meredith. So, yeah. <laughs> like, it's that that moment and that look, I didn't remember it. It was so funny yeah. to me. Do we swibby swap? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's happening here? Yeah. Um, th- there, there, there's also, like, I didn't pick this up until this time either. Was the move to bring Julie in? Do you think there's a, there's a line where he, where she says, "Everything's fine now." What am I doing here? Like it's everything seems okay. Like why yeah. why did you call me? And she just looks at her and goes, "Well, they sure like you, don't they?" And yeah, I was like, yeah, "Wait, yeah. that made me think that they brought she called her sister to come in just to see if they're being a bitch to her or see, if, I, I you know I what I mean? Yeah, I thought that it was Meredith saying like, "Hey, I'm outnumbered here. I need someone in my corner." Like, oh. I need someone to come see how, like, what a nightmare I'm dealing with here and, like, be in my corner. Back me up. Everett's not helping me at all. I need mm-hmm. someone in my corner. And then they get there. Uh, Julie gets there and everyone loves her. And she's like, well, shit. Like, you were supposed to be the one in my corner. Oh, I take and it now right. you're like, y'all are all buddy, buddy. Like, is am I the problem? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's even <laughs> like she has her moment at the end. I don't want to get to that yet, but we'll get to it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's how I read it. And who knows what it was meant. But I read it as like, dude, you were supposed to be like on my side. And she's like, everything's fine now. And Mary's going like, no, everything's not fine. They're just nice to you and they hate me, you know? Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's what I read. Okay, the way she delivered like, well, they sure like you, don't they? Made me think like, oh, she was coming in to prove a point. But it's just the delivery of that line. I kind of don't know if Meredith is that smooth. 
but to, like, you know yeah. what I mean? To like make her point that way. But yeah, the, you're, I never thought of it that way. I that also was, I think like I am just brainwashed by the stone family to think that at some point Meredith is going to prove to be an evil person. So <laughs> I, I think I am like Loki kind of looking for some kind of deviant deviant. You are like nature. Loki. I am like Loki. I'm, I'm a variant for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I just really didn't, I think I'm still looking for that. So that's fair. I don't know. But I, I was I always wondered like, wait, is this like a ploy to to prove that they're being a dick to her, but not to they wouldn't to everybody else? But here's the thing: like Claire Danes is just she's I'm 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 so infatuated with her in this movie. She, <laughs> this is one of those things where, and I could be wrong. I'd love to look at her IMDb, but like she came out in this movie, and it was just like, where have you been? Yeah. Why was. on earth Looks haven't high. you been the leading lady in every single? Because she's just stunning. She's, she is. You remember she's a phenomenal actress. I think it's like I kind of had this cringe memory of her because I grew up. My sister was obsessed with my so-called life. Yeah. Which was literally wasn't it only one season? One season. Like yeah. she was obsessed with. I don't know why that seems like like an anthology of episodes, but yeah. it was probably like eight to twelve max. Yeah. Um. But she's so she's always crying and it's really intense and she always has this look on her face like like she's been deeply wronged in that show. Like it's just, you know, and you yeah. barely see that in this. And you're like, where how have you not been on movie posters everywhere? Because she's so good I'm looking at her IMDb and I, I see what she was doing. She was definitely like trying to go the more indie route where she was. It looked like she chose a bunch of movies that were Oscar bait. So it seems like she just kind of just so she had like Igby goes down and the hours uh, more like the weeks um uh, <laughs> that's a 30 rock joke and then like and then she just like seemingly said fuck it because she did uh a lake placid type movie and then terminator 3 rise of the machines i forgot i forgot about, about that. right and then and then she gets more broke she, down palace broke oh down my palace gosh. was in 99 i know there was a run there with claire danes for a while where it's like uh romeo and juliet which was huge yeah i forgot and, about and that then, like, that's a job she, and then she did the rainmaker which was like a uh, John Grisham novel, which they were doing a bunch of those, and oh, then she fine. did she did Les Mis. Oh, Little Women! Little I forget. Women. Like that was her first. Know, actually, yeah. I think I'm just a jerk, and she was actually doing a ton. And I'm like, she where wor- have you been? She's worked pretty consistently, but she wasn't. This is the first time we really see her as like an adult. You know what I mean? That's true. She always played. She she played young. She played like teenage girls a lot. Holy crap, dude! The album or the album cover, the movie cover for Broke Down Palace is the most '90s thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm looking at it too. It's so '90s. I fell in love with both her and Kate Beckinsale in that movie. I love that movie. I don't know if it's actually any good, but I just remember that I liked it. Claire Danes and Kate Beckinsale headlined a movie together and I forgot about it. Yeah. That movie was one of those where like, I, it didn't do anything in theaters, but like, I remember everybody watched it when it came out on video and we're talking about it. Cause like Bill Pullman's in it. Like, yeah. And also Also like like Claire Danes and freaking (laughs) Kate Beckinsale. Are you kidding me? Like they're two. And also that movie stuck with me in the same way that like, uh, what's that Steve Zahn movie that we always talk about that I can't remember the name of where they're they're getting stalked by the trucker? Oh, uh, Joyride. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joyride. That was <laughs> Steve Zahn movie. It really is a Steve Zahn movie, even He's though it's the Paul only Walker one I remember. The, the guy, uh, yeah. yeah, Paul Walker. Right. But like he made the, it watchable. The the premise of Broke Down Palace stuck with me more because that's like a fear of mine is going to a foreign country and then getting arrested and not speaking the language. That's like Dude. a huge fear of mine. <laughs> I have got to watch Broke Down Palace. This is amazing. Dude, How we, did I just totally forget We need about to this start. Movie. We need to get more famous so we can do a Patreon tier where we like live watch these movies because I would totally live watch Broke Down Palace with you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, I'm feeling so nostalgic. Those those women are so important to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that as creepy as it came no, out. No, no. Like I genuinely adore them, but that's oh, I, do too. I just forgot about that entire movie. Okay. Back to the family stone. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I love so our I, tangents. I, I do think that the next scene after that, though, right after the bathroom deal, it's that dinner, isn't it? It's pretty. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. There's a scene in the kitchen where they're like, maybe that's before that when they there's meet. a couple transitions leading yeah. up to that. But then because it's that and that's like the 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 end of the second act, really. Or I guess maybe it's even the beginning is like that dinner sets everything in motion, like the second half mm-hmm. of the movie, you know? Oh, it totally um, does. It, it's it's yeah, I think it is that next scene. So let's talk about it. This, this dude, I di- thought. Oof! This is the Go scene on. when I tell people, "Have you seen the Family Stone?" And they're like, "The movie yeah, yeah, with yeah. the dinner scene." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my, I, it's funny. I forgot where that scene was going. I really didn't remember this film as well, well as I thought I did, because uh, I've seen it and I knew it and I love it. I just don't think I've rewatched it in a long time. So, yeah. like, I had, I remembered the kind of the warm fuzzy parts of it. Yeah. Um, but I just put my note says, "LOL at Meredith shunning the race question from Julie," because Julie, uh, <laughs> Thad and Patrick are talking about having uh, adopting a son. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what's that been like and everything? And she goes like, have y'all thought about like what uh, Patrick is black and that is white. And so there she's like, have y'all thought about like what race of baby? Like, do you have a preference or like what what do you want when it comes to that? And they're like, why would you ask that? They're I like, think we're just happy to have this baby at all. And by the way, I think it's a completely valid question. Like just to, like that is not to make it sound like you're just shopping, but you you do have a choice. And like, have you thought about like, what kind of house can yeah. we give like this that you're, or do we want to try? I don't know. Like, I think it's a valid question. If a very personal question, yes. I didn't think it was rude, but it is very personal. And Meredith goes like, Julie, are you kidding? Like, oh my gosh, like, how could you ever, you know what I mean? And then immediately makes the comment about like, well, have you thought about like wanting to bring him into a gay household, basically? And you're like, wait, 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 the yeah. race question was too much? Like, I can't <laughs> believe you just went there. Well, this may be a personal question, but do you have a preference about the child's race? Julie. I'm like a little black baby. <laughs> Don't you already have a little black baby? Can you dig it? I'm so sorry. I. Oh, Totally doesn't matter to us. I was just wondering. Julie? We're just so excited about having this child at all. I'm sorry. I would sign, but I don't know the language. Oh. Well, it's okay. Um, well, do you boys believe in nature versus nurture? I mean, is that all a concern in terms of bringing a child into your house? I'm not sure I follow you. Why wouldn't we bring it to the house? <laughs> Well, I, I just mean the gay thing. You know, I mean, and there's no irrefutable evidence one way or the other. I mean, yes, they think they've isolated a gene, but what does that mean? They don't know what it's for or what it does. Didn't they determine it's for window treatments? There you go. <laughs> well, one of the contributing factors to being gay may very well be the environment. Well, I mean, look at my drapes, right? Aren't they horrible? There's absolutely no way it was this environment. Meredith, most of us here believe that sexual orientation is a result of a genetic predisposition much like handedness and well that and mom you tried to make us all gay hey what are you talking about i didn't try Everett. no a true i did hope i mean i did i did desperately hope that you would all be gay oh my boys and then you'd never leave me i'm so sorry by the way girls oh right <laughs> she would ask me when i was thinking you're starting to fire us gay Hey, she asked all of us that. Yeah, Thad, stop pretending you're so special. (laughs) I just don't think that any parent would hope for a child to be challenged like that. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear a word you said. Sorry, this isn't coming out right. I just, all I'm trying to say is that I, what I mean to say is life is hard enough as it is, and it just seems to me that you wouldn't want to make it any more 
difficult for your child. I mean, Patrick. Patrick, you must understand what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> what, did, what did you say? Oh, well, now, boss, I think we have been hit twice. No, 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 I'm sorry. I did not mean that. Honestly, Why I... Why don't you try saying I, what it is you do mean? Everett? All right, that's enough. I'm sorry. Well, that's enough. I just think any parent would want a normal child. Ow! God damn you, okay? Sybil. Don't Sybil me. Just for the child's sake, just to make it easier for the child. That's <laughs> enough! Because here's the thing, Meredith is very businessy. She's very like, because she asks the nature versus nurture question. Like she does this whole- That's thing. how she brings and, it And it's very right. scientific. And that's the thing is like, Julie's question is personal, but she asks it in such a like, like I genuinely am curious what your thought That's process is here. And Meredith is just like, well, scientifically, have you thought about the fact that you're going to fuck this baby up because y'all are gay? Like it's just very like, yeah, nature versus nurture. They, they haven't isolated a gene yet. Yeah, so exactly. Blah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, and they're like, whoa, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. It just seems so cold. And like, what's I, interesting is I think that Meredith actually met her question. I think her question was valid too. Yeah, like it's it's ignorant. But it's like valid. It's also 2005. We mm. as a people were not as well educated around this stuff, If you're, especially if you're not a part of uh, the gay community at all. Yeah. We're and still so, like, thinking about the hanging chads mm. in Florida from the, the Gore Bush election. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it was like <laughs> like at the I think it was like Julie's question had some heart to it. Like, have yeah. you thought about like, does that matter to you? I'm sorry. Like it, it, she doesn't say like, I'm sorry if that's a personal question or anything. I ask wildly personal questions all the time, and I'm like, "Hey, that's a really personal question, so you don't have to answer that if you don't want yeah. to." I'm really sorry if you know. And people typically respond fine to that, but then it was like, I don't know. I didn't see a huge difference between what they were doing as much as like between the what as much as it was the how. Like mm. Meredith's question was very cold and calculated, and she was stating things as a matter of fact that she knows nothing about. Um, but. I don't know. And then the, the, the thing that where it all goes off the rails is her mother goes, Oh my gosh. Like she, she, Sybil tries to like diffuse the whole thing by a going like, oh, I, I she wish lets that her my, off the hook. she lets she her off really the hook does. A few times. And she's like, I wish all my sons were gay. I used to pray that you guys would be gay. All of you so that you wouldn't leave me and blah, blah, blah. And Meredith is like, surely you didn't. Right. And she's like, not taking it. She's not taking it. And I, I, I'm curious what your thoughts were there, because, again, I was also appalled by what she was saying. It was the biggest foot in your mouth moment ever. But I also think that what she was trying to say was the idea that, like, hey, unfairly, it is harder in this world for gay people for yeah. like it's not it shouldn't be. She's not saying it should be that way, but it, it would be lying to say that it's not that way. You know what I mean? Right. Like straight couples have never gone into a cake shop and been denied a wedding cake. Uh, from a gay cake maker that doesn't happen uh, yeah. the opposite does happen when we talk about like bigotry when you talk about like prejudice in that way it is always one direction that that stuff moves right and so i think fair to go like well yeah you wouldn't hope that they have to deal with that right mm -hmm. and at the same time like i i see that question coming from a good place but also so blindly ignorant to the fact that you're saying like oh you wouldn't hope that they would have this like horribly difficult thing that's going to make their life like it's it is making thad feel like a piece of crap you know but like yeah. i think that's a very I, i'm speaking to it very ignorantly but 
I don't know. What were your thought? What are your thoughts during that whole scene while she's talking? Are you just a hundred percent Meredith? Shut the hell up, or do you feel like there was room for more grace for her there? Yeah. Or was that just totally out of line? I'll bring. I mean, I'll bring my own empathetic self into it. And in when I am in this situation, like, yeah. Like as a kid growing up, my job, quote unquote, that I was kind of deemed. I was the. I was like, you, you've talked about it, uh, over Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Like we, I think both had this role of like, Hey, look over here, look over here, like deflect, deflect, deflect. So the fact that I can't jump in that scene and, and make jokes and like, I mean, they even do it like, like Luke Wilson makes some jokes and stuff and she just keeps bringing it back up. It's more frustrating to me. Cause it's like, Hey, we're trying to have a nice dinner and you, every way you're phrasing this is making it even more uncomfortable. Cause even at one point, like Kelly, the, the dad says like mo- uh, most of us at this table believe that you know, that being gay is not a choice. It's, it's, you, you know, who you are when you're born and like, and that should be the, the end of it. And she's like, yeah, well, I mean, she just keeps pushing it. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, that's a good and, point. And there's like, okay. Like she's not reading the room, not reading the room. And at one point Kelly's like, just, yeah, he's just like enough, like enough, like yeah. stop, like just stop. And like, th- this is the moment that like also Everett, I don't believe that his character would do this. And, but why don't you just, say what you do mean? that moment <laughs> dude that mo- that line guts me in the heart it is so un- i don't care who this is your guest and he is so unkind to her i forget and what it, she she says like that's not what i'm trying to say or that's not yeah he's like it's, it's, it's not, not coming, coming out the right way it's not coming out right and then instead of saying like well i think what she's trying to say is this and this like if that was like let's say if that was kate you would you would jump in and be like i think what she's trying to say is this because you know this person and they don't so you have to play that yeah. mediator at and, least to go like hey meredith yeah. meredith is in so much support of you and patrick Dad. like she loves yes. you too mm-hmm. she doesn't mean for it to come off this way we just never she's never been around or she's something to go mm-hmm. like Hey, I apologize for our ignorance or if there is even even saying ours, even though it's not his. Yes. But I I do. I wasn't sure. I was like, what is is what she's doing? Absolutely egregious, which I wouldn't argue that it's not or is a bigger part of the problem. The fact that she is uh, like, yeah, that they're like trying to politely like look past her ignorance. Yeah. And it's like, look, you have been salt in a wound ever since you showed up here mm-hmm. we're dancing around things our mom is sick and no one's talking about it we've got all these other little issues going around and now you're trying to educate us on like yeah. they haven't isolated the gene and i actually don't think this and some the studies rich white say this. girl read an exactly article. it's like we grew up with that they're part of our family shut your mouth yeah like, you know i couldn't i wasn't i was curious what your read was everybody that, everybody so in that scene it's it so it's honestly brilliant everybody in that scene brings really their is. own baggage to it like they the family has clearly dealt with homophobia and like mm. just horrible shit their whole lives specifically probably around that and they they are all have rallied around it we don't know the dozens and dozens of stories of like ben standing up for that or like them like all the different things we, we can have a tv show about the young stones and i would watch the hell out of it because i was like i think there is something there that we, we don't know there's so much tension there's there's so much unspoken um and it's it's this perfect conglomerate of just the mix of all of it kind of coming to a head and i think she saw julie ask a personal question it was well received. She's like, I'm going to do that next. I'm like, well, if they, they'll let Julie do this. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to be Julie. Cause they love her. And I think she takes the lead and, and she just doesn't know how to be warm. It's very ignorant and talking out of her ass. It would be, it would be, I mean like anytime anyone has gone through anything very personal and very painful in some ways. And someone who has nothing, no idea what that's like, tries to educate you on your own experience. Yes, that's it. 
that's what it is, you know, but that's what I wasn't sure. I was like, am I reading? Cause I, I, again, not having, I have friends that have dealt with that, but not family. I haven't dealt with it the way the family in this film has at all. I'm very, I would have kept my mouth shut. Also, I like to think I have a better social barometer, but yeah. like I, I was going like, Hey, I don't, I don't know why y'all are yelling at her. She's not a bad person. No, but I, it's like, I do get like, they kept going, well, well, well. And she just would not stop. Um, yeah. So, and and again, so like, that's, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I think there's apologies all around. Everyone around that table apologizes essentially for how that evening mm-hmm. is handled eventually. But, um, but it, it honestly is, why don't you say what you really mean? Gutted oh, me. Man. And then what happened next is she runs out and gets in the car and you hear her in the car struggling because she's a new yorker and she can't drive so she's like she you hear her struggling and you hear and then she hits a tree okay this is the part where i'm like what and ever just stares at his plate i don't care who you are if this is your guest you go out and check on him and like this is the woman you're going to propose to tomorrow and you're like yeah and I don't know whatever that move is with that character. I know it pushes the story forward, but that really pissed me off with Everett where it's like, dude, I don't care if you're like not in love with her anymore. And you're just like, Oh, I don't, I see her in a different light now. And I don't want to be with her. She is your guest. Like yeah. have some human decency and go check on her. Cause she just drove her car into a tree and said, Luke Wilson's like, I'll go get her. Like, it's such a weird move. And, and it really it, is God. It, every single time it drives me nuts. And it we're still, really, and really we're still supposed to root for this guy and Julie. And there goes Ben. Ben goes to outside to help her instead. It's like, it's unreal. It's unreal how at every turn, Everett makes the wrong choice or a stupid every one. Every single and time. Every single time, Ben is kind of the best. <laughs> yeah. Now, so Ben goes out and tries to meet, hangs out with her. I don't even think they go back in the house, right? No, ben just don't. like scoot no. over and he just takes her out to like a bar and he's like, we're going to get our minds off. Because he makes a little joke. You know, he's like, he's like, what's the problem little lady uh and she's yeah. like starts crying and he's like scoot over and i love that move so much like uh like oh god he's just so great and then he they really and, then, and then they're like i know a place we can go because she's just like why don't they like me you know that she she mm-hmm. just wants them to like him so much and i think they can all read that she doesn't get it yeah yeah stop trying. stop trying so he takes her to a bar and then uh everett and julie right? yeah sorry everett and julie get in the car to go look for them they can't find yeah. them anywhere it's 2005 cell phones. There's no find my iPhone. She doesn't no, have her cell phone no. on her. What a weird plot line there. Right? Like It's so hard to relate to now. We're like, what do you mean you can't find them? That, that's not a thing. What are you talking about? They can't be found. Like, yeah, that's, that's insane. That's um. So, yeah, they just wander around all night. I, I will say this. So they go to their bar. They have their moment. He tells her she has a freak flag. She needs to fly it. She gets wasted and starts to really let loose. Uh, all that stuff. I don't know that I actually got enough of Everett and Julie and their one-on-one time to understand the connection that they were supposed to have made right. during this time. Did I miss something? Did I look away? Did it I definitely, I want to read the script. It definitely feels like they were like the studio or somebody was like, we got to move this along. It seems like they shortened their, their night like yeah. pretty, pretty significantly. Cause all we see is them walking down the street and her telling one story about, uh, you know, uh, what's the thing that like a statue or something that, that she saw. Cause she, yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause her in Julie's line of work, she gives, she's a grant proposal, like whatever she like gives artist grants out. And, and so she's talking about this, the, this amazing story that honestly I think about all the time. Um, the, the story about this guy who had this hole in his heart and the whole community rallied around to like, I would watch that movie. Like you rallied around to help him build this statue that he needed to, and then he, so he could die. Like, it's just this really beautiful kind of story. And, um, and, and he's just completely taken by that. 
because it, it shows that like Meredith is is perfect on paper and Julie is 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 like just the more lived in kind of this like this personable sweet like yeah. like a big open heart and and fits in with the family more and I get it but I think that's that's all it took <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it's similar to like when they're at the dinner table, Julie's talking about what she does for work and Sybil's like, oh, Ben uh, does stuff yeah. with that, like Phil is a filmmaker, a documentary yeah. is whatever all that stuff is. And it's like, I do think maybe it's a trope, but I mean, it's pretty consistent. The fact that like, yeah, opposites attract and like it's good to yeah. have balance in relationships. It's good to have someone that will keep you grounded uh, while they will keep you uh, fo- like help you enjoy life and keep mm-hmm. you happy and, you know, that kind of thing. And so it's like. That made sense to me. But at the end of that night and you can if there's stuff you want to talk about in the bar, we can. But there was that moment where like I love the bar. uh, Julie's staying in the inn as well. And they can't find Meredith or Ben. They're going out all night and he drops Julie off. Everett drops Julie off at the inn and then he goes back up and knocks on her door and he's like, hey, and he doesn't even say anything, really. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, Everett, I can't. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, hey, he didn't ask you anything. It's obviously that he was. He, did. he was like, you want to get some coffee? I, know. I don't know. Get some coffee. He just wants yeah. to. Yeah. It's obvious that like that was there and everything. But at the same time, I'm going like, I, w- it surprised me that her mind went there so quickly. Like that mm-hmm. she also felt that connection because I didn't know, at least I as an audience member here did not feel that connection. I read it in the very obvious parts right. of the script, but I was like, I see it much more after that night that Ben and uh meredith having the bar that makes sense to me totally like she let she let her guard down in front of ben way more than she ever did with everett they again like her and everett are very similar but it's like no ben is actually good for you like he got to a part of you that everett didn't and and probably couldn't you know what i mean and vice versa julie does that for everett too it does seem forced yeah, that was so weird. Which me. honestly and might all, might just be a Dermot problem again. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the I don't chemistry, know. I don't know. I just, he's got one facial expression, man. I he know. always looks like he's going to beat me up. Well, well, let me know what you think about this. This is, there's a, there's other, two other casting. Um, oh, no, no, there's three other casting that almost happened and then Dermot got it. You want to hear? This is, yeah, one yeah, of, yeah. Two of them make sense. One of them is bananas. Aaron Eckhart was originally uh, okay. supposed to be see that. Everett. Um, Billy Crudup was also supposed to be, I could kind of see that too. Yeah. Um, here's the one that blows my mind. This, this is the product of the 2005 Johnny Knoxville. Oh my God. <laughs> was almost Everett. That's insane. No, no, no. I, I, I'll I, be I read that wrong. Hang on, hang on, hang on. He was supposed to be Ben. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. I read that okay, wrong. Okay. 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 Wow. Okay. That makes sense. I, um, I don't hate any of those. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I'm not just trying to be funny. I like Johnny Knoxville more than McDermott or Dermot Mulroney, Dermot. not Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney, uh, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like I like Knoxville better. I, I'm sorry, but Knoxville has actually act, maybe not in 2005. Yeah, but he can act. He's been no, he yeah. does an okay job in a lot of these movies. He's in that new show reboot. I've only seen a couple episodes, mm-hmm. but he does what he's supposed to do in it. And yeah. I think uh, I think Aaron Eckhart doesn't look like he's related to any of those people. He doesn't. No. Uh, Billy Crudup would have been perfect. I actually, the more I think about that, I'm like, mm. I think he would have nailed that. I think so too. Because he looks like a politician when he's all cleaned up. He does like in but the I morning he, show or he whatever. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. plays a suit very well, but he also can show his softer side really well too. Like absolutely, that's true. Um, but apparently, I'm just reading this now. Billy Crudup and Johnny Knoxville were originally supposed to they did like a chemistry test together and it didn't really work 
as brunch. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I think I, I think that was at that that season of Johnny Knoxville. The only person he was going to have a good tem- chemistry test with was uh, Sean William Scott. Was Stevo? That um, and Stevo, yeah. <laughs> um, Wasn't it Sean William Scott? Is that the guy he plays with in uh, in um, what's that the remake of that racist TV show? <laughs> <laughs> Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Dukes of Hazard. Was that Sean William Scott? That <laughs> yeah, with Jessica Simpson, the one where they're literally driving a car around with a with a freaking Confederate, Confederate flag, flag on, on it. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what year was that? Around this time is 04. Because the oh only reason Jessica gosh. Simpson got it is because she was in Newlyweds. She was in that reality show with her and yeah. Nick, Nick Lachey. Is it, um, I know it's tuna, but is it chicken or fish? <laughs> that's all anybody remembers from that. Uh, that's all we need. So that bar scene uh, is one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. they're, they're, it's, it's just a straight up small town dive bar, like kind of a VFW. So God, it's so good. It's the exact place that I, when I say I want to go to a dive bar, I'm thinking about that bar because um, it's so great. It's like wood paneling. It's amazing. And then in this scene, uh, Paul Schneider, who plays Brad, who's Amy's high school love interest or whatever comes in. Meredith knows how she's going to fuck with Amy now. Like there's just, there's a little bit of that. Once again, I think I'm looking for her to be devious and she's not, but, um, but she's starting to be, she does, she put her song comes on. She's kind of doing a little sexy dance. Yeah. By the jukebox. When Brad drunk. Stevenson and that other guy come in, they both like break their necks, checking her out. Like yeah, she's become sure. the hot drunk girl in the bar, which is completely yeah. antithetical to who Meredith is up to this point in the film. You know, you know, what would be great if we could get, a little pot um like she's like she's like let's be bad like there's just a mo- i think th- like there's a moment in her that breaks where she's like i'm not gonna please this family and which as a former people pleaser i know this feeling where you're like if i'm not gonna please everybody let's burn it to the fucking ground like yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. A, there's nothing in the middle it is one it's or the so other good <laughs> the next morning uh meredith wakes up in ben's bed that's right yeah that's right <laughs> naked <laughs> naked in yeah. ben's bed while he's in the shower she wakes up in his bed. The dad sees her. She's freaking out. She blacked out. She thinks that she slept with Ben that night. She rolls, that run, rushes downstairs, freaking out. That same morning, Sybil gives the ring to Everett that he's been asking for so mm-hmm. that he can propose to Meredith. And um, then uh, for, I don't remember how, but for some reason, Julie tries it on. It gets stuck on her finger and she's freaking out. Everett prompts her to because he's like, I don't know why she tried it on. He's like, isn't it yeah. bad luck to have somebody? Even Sybil's like, what are we doing? You know, so all of this is coming to a head. Everything's going crazy. Meredith is freaking out because she thinks she just slept with Ben. She hasn't talked to Ben because he's been in the shower. The it dad really thinks that they slept up. together. Yeah, everything's going crazy. And in the midst of all this, Everett's going like, hey, we need to talk. We need to talk. We need to talk. Meredith thinks he's about to propose to her and she just screams in front of the whole family. I won't marry you. And you're just like, Oh my, she, I, I've never been more annoyed by Meredith than yeah. I am in that scene where I'm like, Hey, will you just let him pull you aside for a minute? Yeah. Let, let him pull you aside. <laughs> uh, also at this point, Paul Schneider, uh, the Brad, the character is here and he has my favorite reaction where she says, no, I won't marry you. And he goes, huh? Oh, <laughs> like that's because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that is me every time I'm like, oh, we're not going to laugh about this. Okay. Um, but yeah, like pull, pull her aside, dude. Literally, like, like I know he was trying. It's also awkward that, I mean, he didn't help by putting the ring on Julie. Julie's finger and then it yeah. gets stuck there and like everything's super awkward. And then um, 
Ben kind of breaks some of the tension and goes like, we didn't sleep together. He's like, Meredith, we didn't have sex. And that's the moment that I was going to, I wanted to mention earlier when you were asking when they're in the bathroom and you're like, what's Meredith's goal? Did she bring her here to see if they would like someone else? Mm -hmm. Or was it to be on my side? When she says like, well, they certainly liked you. It's like, she just wants to be liked by this family. And even in that moment when he goes, we didn't have sex, instead of her going, oh, thank God, she goes, does anybody want me? (laughs) 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 Like that. That's what you're upset about right now? Is it yeah. like it's obvious that your brother, uh, that your boyfriend kind of mm. likes your sister and so does his whole family and she's just mad that no one chose her? But when you, know? Mer- I mean, you can see that when Meredith like reveals to Julie that she she did something bad or whatever, she kind of she's kind of like this like schoolgirl, like kind of like, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, did she's something. like, I'm so ashamed, but she does she not look ashamed. not ashamed. <laughs> Narrator, she did not point. look ashamed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think there's a moment where she's like, ooh, I, I am kind of a bad girl. Maybe I have a little bit more in this me than I thought and all this kind of stuff. And when he's like, we didn't sleep together, what are you talking about? She's like, damn it. Like, you just ruined my entire life. Like, I really thought I was I was turning into this other person or I don't know. She she seemed to like it a little bit. She got a little bit of a bad. That's a very good call. A little, little bit of a bad boy or bad girl kind of like trying it on, like with her yeah, drunken yeah, yeah. dancing in the bar. And she's like, maybe this is who I am now. But like the neediness came out the, yeah. <laughs> the next morning. Um, but he, OK, OK, this is what this there? is what's wild. So I can't remember what's first. Do they do they open the, the Meredith? I think they open Meredith's present first. Or do they run around the house first? No, it's Meredith's present first. Okay, so this is what is wild to me because there's so much tension. It's such a wild moment. Like if that happened at Christmas, you'd be like, "What is happening?" And then Meredith gives everybody the gift, which is a which is a stunning black and white photo of of real Diane Keaton pregnant with her real kid. It gives all the kids this gift of of the stunning black and white portrait of her mother and she has no clue that her mother is that sybil is sick and yeah. all the kids start crying including nick flora um every yeah, I, I tear up every time and when and there's a line in there that kills me and i think it's because she wants her approval so bad and i do too is when sybil says hey meredith you did good kid you did good mm-hmm. like you it's good. such a like oh like a release and in, in even in that moment this is why i love this movie so much it, it feels real because she's like she looks at Amy and she said, that's you and me, kid. That's you yep. and me. God, I'm going to tear up. Brilliant, now. dude. And she's like, oh, I thought it was Everett. Like and anybody else. It was like, on Everett's desk. Yeah, it was on Everett's desk. And like, I was like, this is a beautiful thing where it's like, oh, yeah, she wouldn't have got it exactly right. Like, that is the thing that happens in real life. Oh, I thought this was Everett. Oh, I just mm-hmm. was. Oh, because. Oh, oops. And she's like, no, this is beautiful. We love this picture. But like that, that you, it's you and me, kid. Done. It's also just Done. such a perfect way for them to reconcile Amy and Meredith's relationship. Yeah. Because like Amy has been the main Meredith antagonist yes. this entire film. And like you could it could it could have easily been a picture of Everett and had the exact same effect on everybody. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. You don't know what our mom's going through. You have no idea what mm-hmm. this is happening to you. you but then it. for her not to know that and not to know that it was Amy instead, and Amy to be like, I am so grateful to Meredith for this gift that like mm-hmm. she gave the the fact that Amy got this incredible gift, two gifts, because she invites Brad Stevenson to the guy that popped Amy's cherry to Christmas, <laughs> and they end up like rekindling this thing, yeah. like having this whole moment and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, dude, all of that happened because of Meredith. She gave you mm. your dude, and she gave you this incredible gift for your mother, who's not well and may not be with you very much longer. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like that was such a great script moment to go like, this is how it really was. This is how they reconcile that relationship. Well, and then after everything goes insane and it's like the brothers were fighting with each other because Everett thinks that Ben maybe did something inappropriate with yeah. Meredith, even though he said we didn't sleep together. And like 
Meredith goes in the kitchen and spills her her casserole crap everywhere, her strata everywhere. Amy slips and falls. Like everybody is hurt, and those brothers are fighting. I love that, like the cut scene that shows you, like okay, things have calmed down now. Yeah. Is Brad, who is a a, a police officer. Uh, or a paramedic, a paramedic or something like yeah. that paramedic mm-hmm. walking out of the ambulance that he drove there that day with his bag of like medical supplies mm-hmm. to go like tend to this broken family it's great it's perfect <laughs> it's so funny it's dude. such good writing it's this it really but, is because you don't even know that he pulled up in the ambulance but they show that yeah. with the cut where you're like oh no they called the they called 911 or whatever and then you're mm-hmm. like oh it's brad yeah he's a paramedic that's right and there's this beautiful uh montage showing which i think is a really beautiful moment because we don't see enough like people of a, you know, an older generation, like of a men of a certain age, like be intimate, but you see Sybil showing that she has had a mastectomy. She is like, mm, she has breast right. cancer and like, and he like, and he puts her, his hand on her heart. It's so beautiful. Like it yeah. makes me tear up every time and they just kiss and, and embrace. And there's even a moment where like, she plays with his hair and is like, you need a haircut. Um, and going back to the inside joke thing or the inside thing, there's a moment where she goes, hello. And he goes, hello. And you're like, what was that? They like laughed at each other. Like that's yeah. something it's peppered with moments like that that makes yeah. this feel real. And God, I just love that they took the time to put that in there. You know, the other really good, I think heartwarming moment we, I forgot we rushed past was the, the moment that Everett and Sybil have right before she gives him the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where she kind of goes like, look, I know you feel like she's like, I'm sick, bud. Uh, and she like says it Ugh. to him. She's like, I'm sick, bud. Uh, and then she's like, I, Look, you don't have to. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. Oh, she says this to the husband earlier on too. She says like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. She's like, it's not. It's not right. It's not her. She's not the one. He's going to make a mistake, and I won't be here. It's yeah. not the fact that he's going to make a mistake. She's going like, I won't be here to be here to be there for him. Yeah. When this whole thing falls apart, because she's not the one. It's not Meredith was never the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem was I need to know that everything is perfect before I it's head gonna out because be okay. she sees herself heading or heading out, you know, and um, she, when she gives him the ring, right. when she gives Everett the ring, she's like, look, like you don't have to rush this. You rushing through everything and creating the perfect yeah. life. It's not going to fix this and it's not going to make everything better. And that's where, again, I still think a, a different performance by a, another actor, a different type of performance out of Dermot would have maybe shown this, I think, a little bit more with less exposition. But the idea that, like, he is trying to force this relationship with Meredith. He's Mm -hmm. trying to do what he thinks is right because he's the oldest. And he wants before he knows his mom isn't well. And before she goes out, he wants her to know he's taken care of and that he's Mm -hmm. he's going to continue on. You know what I mean? This this, you know, he'll be happy and healthy and with a family and with the right woman. And with so she has to accept this because he doesn't have time to find another person and build a relationship and introduce Mm -hmm. her to. Uh, to his mom before she passes away. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, Which is, I'm so glad that they took the time to show, it, yeah. the, to show that she isn't, it isn't Meredith. It's the fact that she just wants to know that everybody's okay. Yeah. And and that's that line where she says to him, like, I'm sick and you can't fix it. Not even by getting married. That it, is. Dude, it's so good. So it, good. It, it really, the writing in this, this movie really is, is something else. Like they didn't have to do that, but like it adds an extra layer to it. Um, the little reveals of that kind of stuff where you're like, oh man, they're not a, just a bunch of family of like prickly New Englanders. Like they really care about each other. They're yeah. just, there's just so much going on underneath that nobody's talking about. And then when it finally gets said, it's like, oh, okay, there we are, you know? Which again, it just leads to, there's a lot of movies like this 
in a lot of movies, the interesting, albeit uh, tumultuous and unnecessary plot lines, all the pain, a lot of the boundaries, a lot of the heartache, a lot of the not boundaries, sorry, barriers and yeah. obstacles could have been avoided if you just said it from the beginning. Exactly. Like, I think that's the thing is it's just like if, if she had just been like, hey, I'm not well, I'm not blah. Mm-hmm. Like if they if they weren't if there wasn't this need to, like, keep everything down, Meredith yeah. would have known what she was stepping into. That wasn't fair to her forever to thrust her in that situation without letting her know what was yeah. going on. The other kids would have known. It's like Ben did, wasn't even 100 percent sure. I don't know how much Everett knew. It didn't seem like he he knew something, but not all of it. Yeah. Um, a lot of them didn't. You know what I mean? And so it was just like, hey, we could have in the end, it plays out the way it's supposed to because it's a movie. But it's like, yeah, a lot of this could have been avoided if y'all had just said it. Like, there's no reason to sweep something under the rug, you know? Yeah, that's most family movies, I feel like. it's, But it, but it's so real to life, because I, I like Sybil's trying to create a final Christmas without her getting in the way, her illness being the focal point. And, like, by keeping that back, it just causes all of this tension and chaos and misunderstanding left and right, which, which once again, it feels real. Like, everything in this movie feels real, even though it's a, really bunch, of, it's a bunch of A-list movie stars in it. it, it and it's wild that they were able to do that. I mean, it just shows mm-hmm. the level that everybody everybody's working at, at their level. And the fact that this was like, honestly, if this movie came out five years later, I think it would have been like a stone-cold, no pun intended, classic. Hey. And uh, But I think the fact that it just kind of flew under the radar, I don't know. I don't. It's so interesting how... how That's the sequel would be called uh, The Stone Cold Family, and she, uh, Sybil comes back uh, as a zombie from the from the grave to get her ring back and and craig t nelson's character is played by stone cold steve austin yeah exactly <laughs> he's going what the hell are you doing in here Sybil? that's what my stone gay cold people are <laughs> gay, being gay is not a choice <laughs> yeah you say it stone cold <laughs> <laughs> and that's really it that's the whole movie i love they leave it there Overall, I'm going to say this was an okay movie. Um, <laughs> just kidding. No, it's a phenomenal it's, movie. It's such a, a good Christmas can, watch. Oh, it's such a good. And I, I think this is in the last few years has had, had had a little bit of a resurgence where people know it now, for better or for worse. I definitely had a conversation with somebody today where I talked about doing this movie, and they're like, "Oh, I that movie. I watched it when it came out. It traumatized me. Like, like because their I think their grandmother had just died or something like that. And they're mm. like, "Oh yeah, the whole Sybil thing just." I couldn't handle it. And I, was like, I yeah, think I'm- it's worth mentioning there, like though that like you're I'm the sad boy. You don't typically like embracing that. Like you you resonate with like an emotional weight yeah. in movies and stuff. But like yeah. I love art that makes me feel sad. You like sad art with a hopeful line through line. I do. And I think for both of us to resonate with this movie, like th- yes, it's a sad movie, but it's a beautiful. Like just, it's, beautiful. it's like yeah. it's so good. So don't let us discourage you if we no, 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 talk no. about all that. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, we just talked about the whole movie, but still go watch it. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't watched it. I mean, you feel like you just did, I guess, because two dudes just explained it to you. Uh, That's what this podcast should be called. Um, okay. Uh, follow us on social media, you guys. Uh, he's at Dave Wears Black on everything. I'm at Nick Flora on everything. Uh, Betterman Film Club. You can just honestly just Google that and find all our social media. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Betterman Film Club at uh, gmail.com if you want to email us send us dms let us know what you think let us know what like some of your favorite holiday movies are that maybe people don't talk about enough there's a bunch yeah. out there i know and uh and we'll read some of your responses on the show um uh i had the quote last week um which is criminal lawyers see bad people at their best but divorce lawyers see good people at their worst which is from uh, a marriage story 
which is a delightful romp that you need to check out. Um, that came from the Scarlett Johansson connection of her. I made me so think good. of that. Uh, one of Scarlett Johansson's best performances, uh, if you haven't seen it. Nine I'll, I'll take it from here. I've got this this week's uh, okay. movie quote. Uh, I'll give you guys a little hint. It is a Christmas movie, okay? Ooh. Does it sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 